Hey, Kev, let's let's follow this trail over here. This looks like there might be something waiting down there. All right. Hey, wait a minute. Do you hear that? Yeah, I thought it was just me. What the heck is that? I don't know what that is. Whoa, do you smell that, too? That's unbelievable. Hey, look. What the? Hey, look, those, those branches are moving over there. What the heck is that? Holy cow, is that what I think it is? Look at that thing. It, oh my god. It's a freaking Sasquatch. Welcome to the Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters podcast. I am your host, W.J. Sheehan, author of the series of books, Bigfoot Terror in the Woods Sightings and Encounters. Ten volumes available at Amazon in paperback, ebook, and Kindle format. And for you audio buffs, volumes one through nine and very soon volume ten available in audio format at Audible, iTunes, and Amazon as well. So please go out and pick up a couple of copies. And now, may I introduce you to my co-host and brother, KJ Sheehan. Kev, how are you, bro? I'm doing okay, Bill. How about you? Doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. Uh, Had a gorgeous day today. I was off. Uh, doing a bunch of different things. You know, you always busy doing this and that. Yeah, the weather is cooling off down here in North Carolina. Just a little bit. I guess today's the first day of fall. Oh, really? Technically, I think so. Wow. Um, and uh, I'm loving it. I'm loving the change in weather. I love the summer, but uh, I think fall is my favorite. Yeah, it's got a nice temp to the day. You're comfortable moving around, you know, the sun shining. Yeah, it's a little bit of a break. You know, I, I love all the activity of the summer, but then for me, things slow down a little bit in the fall, you know, and yeah. then it's like, oh, and then hockey season is starting, which is nice. <laughs> Going to a preseason Carolina Hurricanes game next week. Okay. So. That uh, is, uh, how many preseason games are they going to do? Man, I don't know. I yeah. Don't know. A few yeah. weeks on. That'll be good, though. You know, just to get out, go to the rink, I yeah, guess. You know? Yeah, it's still exciting. The preseason in hockey's, you know, it's still pretty competitive, although they do they do play more of the rookies and stuff like that, which is fine. You know. Now, do they uh, have $15 bu- uh, cups of beer over there, too? Oh, yeah. They're the same price. <laughs> preseason beer is the same as uh, regular season beer. <laughs> and I'm curious you. to see how much they charge for parking, because that's really the the one they get you on. But we don't have to talk about that. That's right. That's right. So I'll uh, dress up as a Bigfoot, get in my truck, see if they let me in for free. <laughs> and if not, <clears throat> you can fa- face the wrath of the foot. You think I'm dressed up. <clears throat> <laughs> Hey, he really is a Bigfoot. (laughs) (laughs) Run away! (laughs) Well, so what do we have tonight, Kevin? Uh, Cryptids in the news and other oddities segment. Yeah, tonight, Bill, we're going to the news for two different articles that uh, 
came out in the last week. Um, okay. You know, and both are around uh, the UFO subject. You know, they're they're not crazy. Uh, you're not going to get chills from these, but they are pretty darn interesting, and I couldn't turn my back on them. Yeah, well, we've been trying to follow this pretty closely because this this stuff is happening at a fairly regular rate now. It is, it is. You know, it used to be once every 10 years the government would come out and say something, and it was usually there's no such thing. And this week, uh, NASA mm. announced that it had appointed its first ever director of UFOs. Huh. You know, so it's pretty pretty interesting that they'd come out publicly and, uh, you know, the space agency admitted the ongoing mystery while releasing findings from a year-long independent study into reported sightings of what are now formally referred to, as we know, unidentified anomalous phenomena, UAPs. Yeah, yeah. And the top takeaway from this published study this week um, is that, you know, there, there's a lot more to learn. Yeah. So, you know, the the uh, independent study team did not publish that there was any evidence that a UAP has an extraterrestrial origin, but we don't know what these UAP are, the report said. Mm-hmm. So, you know, they're not saying weather phenomena anymore. Um, they're not saying bears, you know, stuff like that. Well, do you remember... Uh Geez, it must have been over 10 years ago now when that tether broke loose uh, in space and they had uh, cameras from, uh, I guess it was the space station, filming. This tether was like 10 miles long. And people, correct me if I'm wrong, fill me in on the details because it's been a long time, but it was a huge tether I thought it was supposed to be gathering some data uh, in space. And it was like a piece of wire or something? Nah, you have to look at it. Uh, it, it, Like an antenna? It looked looked like a a fabric-covered slinky. (laughs) I'm not kidding you. Remember those tunnels you used to lay in the grass and the kids would crawl through them? Yeah. It, It had an appearance of something like that, but it was like 10 miles long. Now, what do you mean used to crawl through? I still have one of those. <laughs> Come on, you can't fit through one I'm of them. I'm sitting in one right now. <laughs> <laughs> you must be talking about a drain pipe. It makes me feel secure. <laughs> I put my Bigfoot jammies on and crawl and inside. And I might have a tinfoil hat on, too. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So tell me about the tether some more. (laughs) Well, anyways, when it broke loose, it was being filmed. Right. Uh, You know, from the space station, I think it was. And uh, as it was drifting away, all of these little disks with visible holes through the middle, they look like lifesavers. Some of them, they estimated the measurement to be in the miles in diameter. Whoa. They were coming up, circling it, going up and around it, moving in and out, away from it. It it looked like they they were examining this thing. So they came out of the woodwork 
while this, this thing, thing broke loose. Uh, yeah, and it, we're it was drifting away. It. There was no hope of retrieval. It's out there somewhere in space, still floating around. And uh, they couldn't retrieve it. Uh, it just got away from them. And uh, I don't know about... And, of course, NASA denied all of that. So you can, you can only imagine... Uh, what they have in their files as far as footage that they had previously uh, put the kibosh on, you know. But uh, I'd like to see them, if you really want to step up to the plate, Mr. Director, mm-hmm. uh, why don't you break open the files and start showing us what you have in your inventory? Well, by the way, right now he's hiding behind the plate because they didn't even release his name. <laughs> they're, they're worried... Uh, for his safety, you know, various threats and stuff like that. No, are you kidding? No, I'm not kidding. Oh, man. So. It's like the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain. Yeah. They say the decision to have him remain anonymous was blamed on threats and harassment already aimed at the 16-person panel behind the independent study, which cost, by the way, just under $100,000. What to put the panel together? <laughs> to put that the was paper, that was the breakfast. That the was the luncheon together. bill. Yeah, not including food and expenses. Right, that was the luncheon bill, including mimosas. That was toner ink. <laughs> oh my god, hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> um, but what is interesting is that um, the director, this guy named Bill Nelson, who they interviewed. Um, they were pressing him about UAPs and stuff like that. And he said, if you ask me, do I believe there's life in a universe that is so vast that it's hard for me to comprehend how big it is? My personal answer is yes. Mm -hmm. So, and because of all these files I've looked at and pictures that I have. Yeah. And the one that I have in the terrarium tank at home. Yeah. <laughs> also due to the collection okay, of photos. He didn't really say that. No, I know. But uh, I'm telling you, they got him, man. Yeah. They're pulling my leg. You know, they're like inching forward at some type of pace that's been preset. What they will say, what they will do. You know, it's all prearranged and organized very tidily. Agree. I'm um, sure, you know. So that was one story, and that is uh-huh. uh, absolute fact, you know, irrefutable. I mean, uh, the government said they did this, they formed it. The only, uh, you know, uh, bit of minor controversy is they didn't release the guy's name. But, you know, maybe mm-hmm. it's uh, Travis again, and they don't want to release his name because he's still making television shows. <laughs> It could be, you know. I mean, I mean, he was on there last time. It could be. Yeah, yeah, it could be, and they're just keeping it on the down low, you know. Yeah, I mean, you know, next time I talk to him, I'll ask him. Yeah, he's been laying low. I, yeah, he'd be a good character though for the position, you know. He would be, if he was freed up to do his job, you know, in a a more public forum. He'd be like. I know, I know I keep saying this, but that's the strangest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> now, let's launch some more rockets. <laughs> when I first came to this ranch, I didn't believe a thing. <laughs> and now, 
I have to tell you, I feel different. And every day I'm here, I tell you, I never saw anything like that before. Now let's go shoot off some more rockets. Come on. <laughs> All right. So our next news story uh, is uh, also printed in ink in the uh, newspapers and, of course, on the interweb. And I'm going to talk about this story coming from Reuters News Agency. Okay. Um, but it's a little more controversial. So, you know, the, the title is Exclusive, A Close Encounter with the Alien Bodies in Mexico. Oh, okay. Now, I don't know if you saw this story, Bill, or any of the pictures, but you, did you see any of them? Uh, I haven't really seen them. Uh, and before I had a chance to see them, uh, I heard that it was proved to be a hoax. Yeah, there are. It's going both ways, but mostly towards the hoax. But uh -huh. I always look a little bit harder when I hear it's a hoax. You know what I mean? Like Yeah, because yeah, who's saying, who's it's, saying a hoax? it's a hoax? But, right, right. You know, basically, this Mexican journalist, who is a longtime UFO enthusiast, said that he found these two tiny mummified bodies. And they do look like little aliens. You know, they, got, mm -hmm. uh, they look like E.T., you know, from uh, the old Disney movie or or a Spielberg movie from mm -hmm. the 80s. And they have those elongated heads, three fingers on each hand, big eyes, and they're like mummified bodies. And, um, you know, he has them there in his office. Say they, they're, they're kind of rumored to come from Peru. And, you know, they're over a 1,000 years old is what they're saying. But then, uh, you know, other folks are coming in, the experts are coming in and saying it's a, it's a hoax, you know. Well, I, you know they're from Peru because I heard they found a marimba <laughs> uh, <laughs> I in a backpack. There was a llama close by that they rode in on. <laughs> and by the way, my head is not big, it's beautiful. <laughs> E.T. <laughs> Remember that guy riding a bicycle across the moon, like, you know? <laughs> Freaking crazy. They do look stuff. like E.T., though, all kidding aside. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. so, so that's it, Bill. Two news stories. One uh, I think we got to really keep an eye on, and that's the NASA, NASA appointee. I mean, hopefully it's Travis. That would be super cool. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll see some more reports, but hopefully our tax dollars don't pay too much for the reports. Yeah, they're... Uh Slow moving like a sloth. Especially if they're not going to tell us anything. Yeah, I mean, yeah, what good is having a I don't mind. Uh, I don't mind paying for them, Bill, if they show us that there's a bunch of extraterrestrials living under your deck. <laughs> Which there may be. Hey. <laughs> so. so what do you got as a creepy account so we well, can get some creep on after leaving the news behind? <laughs> you know what? Uh, this account once again shows you the endless variety of uh, basically the how and why, where and when people come in contact with a Bigfoot creature. And uh, but there's no turning away from the fact that the majority of people that are having these encounters are people who are out there doing quote, non-societal uh, things. You know, they're getting away, they're moving and shaking, they're out in the woods. 
And so let me just get into this. This uh, somewhat eerie sighting was told to me by Marilyn Toner, a resident of California. And basically, this is what Marilyn and her fiancé Gary saw while they were out doing a little stargazing. It was early in the summer of 2016 that Gary and I had geared up to head into Joshua National Joshua Tree National Park for a little stargazing during the overnight. The two of us were members of a small group of astronomy buffs who both kept and shared our collective data relative to our observations. For the most part, all of the members made known what their plans were on any given night, relative to what, if anything, they had planned, and the invitation to join up for a stellar rendezvous was always an open-door policy. Well, as it turns out, this evening, it was Gary and myself going it alone in Joshua Tree, which, to be honest with you, was the case more often than not. It being very difficult in these days and times to get people together for such things as a night in the desert, and so it was. That night was a new moon, and the sky was ablaze with the light of a trillion stars as we set up for the night. We had decided that evening to do a time-lapse photography session, as well as having brought along our 20 by 80 Steiner binoculars and a tripod for a little sky watching. Having set up in an area where there was a slight ridge ahead of us, filled with boulders in the background and some large cacti in the foreground, we thought this would make an excellent border for our film, and so we went with it. Once the camera was set up to run, Gary and I were taking turns with the binoculars while sitting in a small foldable camp chair for comfort while observing. Now this ridge of which I spoke appeared dark to the eyes, but the backdrop was anything but dark. As I said, it was a glow with a billion trillion stars. And at approximately 1.30 in the morning, which happened to be about an hour before we had planned to call it quits for the night, I was sitting at the binoculars, and Gary was standing behind me to my left. It was then that Gary said to me, Marilyn, stop looking for a minute and check out what's walking along the ridge to your right. Now, this area where we were situated was in close to daylight lighting with the brightness of the sky above us. We could see every rock and boulder, as well as the entirety of the slope leading up to this ridge, and all of the gigantic boulders sitting on and around this area, some of which must weigh in the hundreds, if not thousands, of tons. They are massive. So I backed away from the binoculars, and Gary was now at my side, pointing to the right-hand side of this one gigantic rock plopped right atop the ridge, and there it was. I said to Gary without hesitation, that is a Sasquatch. 
There was absolutely no doubt about it in my mind when I was seeing it. The silhouette was exactly that which is seen on all the gimmicky hats and t-shirts related to this creature. The tall, cumbersome body with its long swinging arms hanging from its sides, loping along the ridge in the starlight. I walked, it walked for what appeared to be several hundred feet, where it was momentarily concealed by a boulder, after which it emerged on the other side and continued along its way until it walked down the backside of the ridge and was gone from our sight. We were blown away by what we had seen, and yet see it we did. The following day, the two of us both called out of work and headed back to the location in hope of finding some evidence as further proof, if nothing else for ourselves, and to kind of relive the night sighting. When we had made our way back to the spot where we had been set up, we immediately realized that the distance was even greater than we had thought during the night. Having now hiked up to the ridge, the boulder which it had walked behind was at least three times the size that I thought it was at night, and the distance was about 250 yards, whereas at night I thought it to be maybe a 100 or so at best. The ground there was not conducive to the leaving of full and viable footprints, being dry and sandy but we did find a trail of hundreds of heels and toe prints, as well as some mostly complete footprints in the sandy clay-like soil. We measured several of them, finding them to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 inches long, give or take, and they seem to have been laid down in a fairly straight line. Gary and I were in no way ignorant of the reported existence of Sasquatch. We had seen all the shows and pictures, and as many are, we were on the fence, so to speak, as to whether or not such a thing existed. Gary actually has a T-shirt that says, Sasquatch saw me and no one believed him. A tongue-in-cheek poke at us seeing them and no one believing us. This was a life-changing event for both of us, in that we knew what we saw, and yet, over the next weeks and months as we shared what happened, the two of us bore the brunt of virtually continuous jokes and ridicule, and that was that. Knowing you and your writings, Bill, we decided to share our encounter with you and your readers without fear of the same thing happening. It is incredible but true. Sasquatch is, in fact, in California. And I would now imagine everywhere else that people say they have seen them. Turnabout is fair play, Kev. Yeah. Once you're a believer, <laughs> Very always cool. a believer. I mean, I, I, the description, too, of even of the stars is spectacular. I could imagine what it looked like out in Joshua Tree Park in California with a new moon, so no moon overhead. Basically, black sky, a carpet of luminous white dust.
dots. Yeah, I mean, I've never been out there, but it's a long, you know, it's a pretty good way from any, uh, any uh, cities with natural lighting. So that's oh, cool. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, she said that they were looking in basically like what you would consider for nighttime, daytime conditions. Yeah. There was so much light overhead that, you know. Yeah, and without can, a moon, too. I mean, that tells you how many stars there are. Yeah, I mean, just Crazy. like freaking uh, light show. Yeah, awesome. But pretty cool, though. Can you imagine sitting there where you see something lumbering along the little ridge line up ahead of you? Like, what the freak is that? Yeah, it's like uh, that account, Bill, that I can never remember the name of, right? With the church group looking up on the ridge line with the Bigfoot swinging his arms around and stuff like he's frustrated. That's yeah, good old camp. Marble Mountain. Marble Mountain. That's yeah. It. Thank you. Yeah, very bizarre. One of my favorite videos. Yeah, yeah. And this ridge, uh, in my opinion, was nowhere as near the height of the Marble Mountain Ridge. Right. I think they were calling this a ridge, but it was probably like some type of little low mesa or something with boulders uh, strewn about on it, you know, here and there, you know. Yeah. Uh, because from what they said, uh, they had walked over there the next day and climbed up to where it had walked. I don't, I'm not saying they did or they didn't, but I don't think they climbed, you know, a thousand feet. Probably not. Yeah. Probably uh, not. Unless Gary, of course, carried Marilyn. Maybe. Remember Marilyn? Remember Marilyn on the monsters? She's oh, so she homely. Hideous. She's so ugly. She's so homely. How is she ever going to find a man? <laughs> and she would agree with them. You know, she she'd pout and say, hmm, "Don't worry, Marilyn. <laughs> Someone will like you. <laughs> Maybe oh, you'll no. find a nice woof woof." Woof woof. <laughs> That was Eddie's uh, doll, right? Yes, yeah, pet werewolf doll. Yeah, every kid should have a little werewolf doll. Man, that thing was—that was the real thing, too, man. <laughs> he made he made Chucky look like a Barbie. <laughs> you know they sell them. You could buy a, a wolf wolf doll. Really? Yeah, they're they're really cool and. They're not that expensive. I mean, if you just wanted to have something as a goof, <laughs> uh, you got your own wolf wolf doll and uh, leave him sitting on your dresses smiling at you with his fangs. <laughs> oh, oh, it's wolf wolf. <laughs> oh, I like that. Put it in the guest room on the bed. Yeah. What? Yeah. It's just wolf wolf. Take this to sleep with you. It's his room. We can't kick him out. <laughs> he gets a little ornery. <laughs> Watch out for his teeth, huh? <laughs> awesome. Good account, Bill. Well, I yeah, like it. Good stuff. Joshua Tree. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, Northern California, no? I think it's down around L.A. inland. Like mid, mid Cal? Yeah. yeah. I could be wrong, but that's what I remember. No, I'm thinking about it now, and you're right. And I'm only saying that because you said that. <laughs> if we're both wrong, so be it. Hmm. Well, we got some good listener mail this week, Bill. All right. And this first one uh, comes from Kyle in the Mile High City. Yeah. Denver, Colorado. 
And Kyle's basically tipping us off to the uh, New York Post article that he saw um, uh, about NASA admitting that they can't identify mysterious flying objects and that they appointed this mysterious UFO director. Mm -hmm. But Kyle says maybe a, maybe someday a Sasquatch director will be appointed too. <laughs> and then he goes on to say, P.S., Carrying more gun than you think you're going to need doesn't help unless you also carry more ammo than you think you're going to need. <laughs> well played, Kyle. <laughs> and it would be pretty cool if they appointed a Bigfoot director. Yeah, director of squatchiness. <laughs> you know? He can write a $100,000 white paper. And... When every when anybody shows up for the meeting, everybody has to wear a pair of Bigfoot slippers <laughs> as they enter the uh, conference room. <laughs> <laughs> Unbelievable! I say bring your Bigfoot's favorite food too, but I don't really know what that is. Do you? Uh, a bloody deer carcass. <laughs> <laughs> a deer hoof. Yeah, you know, just kind of. Yeah, instead of a gavel at the dais, they could have a deer hoof. A bloody one. Yeah, boof, like boof, boof. <laughs> Thanks, Kyle. And uh, as my brother just said, uh, well played, you little dweeber. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say he was a dweeber. Oh, you didn't. Oh, sorry. No. My mistake. <laughs> no. All right. Our next email comes in from Andrew from Vancouver. And he says, hi, brothers. I was on the Vancouver Island Ferry the other day in British Columbia, Canada, uh -huh. and was pursuing the latest Canadian aviator magazine in the gift shop. Sorry, not pursuing, perusing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. There was a story about a Harvard. Uh, there was a story about a Harvard. Well, I don't know, he left the word out, with two people aboard that crashed in bad weather on Roderick Island, west coast of British Columbia, near Bella Coola. Okay. Rescuers know they survived the crash as the pilot used the recovered logbook to journal the experiences that they had. Mm -hmm. However, there was never any trace of the two survivors... And when they talked to local natives, the local natives would not go on that island because it was home of what they called the Red Sasquatch, which they said was much more dangerous than the local brown variety. Mm. This mystery remains 54 years after the crash. Mm -hmm. Anyway, check out the September 23rd issue, and maybe with a bit of digging, a great oddities segment might emerge. Love the podcast, Andrew. Yeah, uh, the Red Sasquatch. I've heard uh, of this, and uh, I don't know. You know, it 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 possibly it is just one that has red coloring that has been a little ornery at times. You know. Yeah, I don't know. Which. You know, kind of falls back to something I've said so many times. Uh, you don't know the disposition of one of these critters when you run into it. Uh, you don't know if it's mean and nasty, meek and humble. I mean, it just sounds silly, but 
you really don't know how they're going to act. I'm not going to bet on meek and humble, but I yeah, agree with you. Me neither, bro. I'm not waiting to find out. Hey, are you meek and humble? You want to shake my hand? Hey. Yeah. You little cutie. Yeah. And I was just watching the 147th running at a Westminster dog show, kennel club uh-huh. show, uh, last night. And uh, I know these dogs have all been trained since they're pretty young, but their temperament is like ridiculous around all the other dogs. I mean, they're running into each other. They're walking around. No, but not a one is snarling, growling. No, no, they're pretty well behaved. Yeah, very well behaved. And I said yeah. to myself, geez. But now we're talking Sasquatch. Wild and ornery. And yeah, not quite the uh, Labrador Retriever. Yeah, show. yeah. I'm not betting that they're going to come up and offer you a freaking. Um, you know, a pine cone souffle or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the Labrador Retrievers are, are like, I don't care what you do to me, just give me another one of those dog treats. Yeah. <laughs> I know how this works. <laughs> I'll let you pet me. Go ahead. Whatever. Yeah, Mr. Collie, you <laughs> can sniff me. I'm not even going to look at you because I'm getting another treat. That's <laughs> <laughs> uh, funny, Ben. Really funny. Yeah. All right, our last email bill is pretty interesting. comes in from Maria. Mm -hmm. And the subject is the James Webb Telescope Images. Mm. And she says, this is in reference to episode number 162 from the year 2022. Mm -hmm. Regarding the images taken by the James Webb Telescope Mm -hmm. that were released, you said that they were so beautiful that they looked a bit fake. Well, they're not fake, but NASA admits to tweaking them. Uh-huh. Images captured from these telescopes are not like the ones we'd get from our cameras. What the telescopes capture is raw data, and this data is reimagined into the gorgeous and artistic color images that the public sees. Don't believe me? Google it. <laughs> I may be wrong, but from what I gleaned from the articles I read... It's an artistic interpretation of the compiled data. Forbes magazine mm-hmm. and Scientific American have articles about it. I could be mistaken, but read it and read it and, and see what you think. Mm-hmm. Looking at the images, one can see starlight that looks stylized in a manner of the star of in a manner in the way that the star of Bethlehem is often depicted. Mm-hmm. See what I mean? Stars don't look that way. So beautiful? Yes. Totally real? I'm not so sure. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, Kev, don't believe me? Google it. Has it ever dawned on anybody out there that you could be driven down a rabbit hole very slowly by uh, the powers that be, by feeding you little by little what they want you to think about any particular subject matter? Mm, I don't know. You know, I mean, you just Google it. But I think, well, I think this is interesting, though. Like her her viewpoint, I'm not saying it's bonk. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I think it's there's a big chasm, though, between stylized from the data to made up. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you can't just take a bunch of zero and ones. 
of data and then draw a picture mm -hmm. from it. Like there's sophisticated, I'm sure, cute computer programs that figure out what different types of images look like mm -hmm. based on the combination of zeros and ones. And then, you know, some high-powered computers put it together into the image. Yeah. But that said, I think it's fair, Maria. And I haven't read the articles that you looked, that you mentioned, and I will check them out. Because, you know, both Forbes magazine and Scientific American are pretty respectable. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So I'll check them out. Thanks for the heads up, Maria. Yeah. Yeah. Look, We'll look into it. And, uh... and I like the way you wrote the letter, too. It's real interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Well thought out, you know. Yeah, uh, it's not so, like it's Phil. Not. That's that's our last letter. Um, good podcast this week. Don't worry, folks. I'll be getting a creep on next week. So <laughs> get ready because it's getting dark early yeah. and the moon is out, and it's a good time to see a dog. Man. Yeah. Well, you know, when you talk about getting a creep on, are we talking about wearing our favorite monster costume? What a Krampus. Well, you could be a Krampus. I might be uh, freaking Bella Lugosi or something. <laughs> <laughs> slick back. You're going to get a set of fangs? Yeah, slick back do with a little white face paint and a nice pair of two-inch fangs. It wouldn't be hard to find those today in the store. <laughs> what makes you think I have to find them? <laughs> Good point. What was I thinking? <laughs> Right there in the closet next to the spring heel Jack outfit. You know what I do after 12. <laughs> well, anyways, awesome. folks, if you should find yourselves wandering around, burning the midnight oil, stargazing in Joshua Tree State Park, or anywhere else for that matter, you best remember one thing. Always carry more gun and ammunition than you think you're going to need. Sleep tight.